Hello, I'm Shane Hartsfield, pastor of Beaver Baptist Church. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. If you have any questions about what it means to follow Christ or questions about our church, direct you to our website, beaverbaptist.com, for our contact information. Weekly, we study exegetically through books of the Bible. And now, join us as we dive into today's passage. Well, Psalm 42, I'm sorry, Psalm 40, Psalm 42, Psalm 43, turn there, page 5. 54 in the Black Pew Bible. If you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to grab a Bible there in front of you. I was, as I read through this psalm, I was thinking about the Peanuts cartoon. Now, on Sundays, growing up, we have a tradition like some of you uh, do. Some of you meet with your family on Sunday. On Rick, his family, they've done that for years. And my family, my whole life, until I was, until I moved away to college, we went to my grandparents after church, and we ate a meal together, and one of the things that we would do is the grandkids would sit down after eating lunch, and we would pass the comics around. That was the only part of the newspaper we cared about, but we would pass the comics around, and one of my favorites was the Peanuts uh, cartoon, comic strip, and I love the, the cartoons as well. So Thanksgiving and Christmas, even Halloween, we'll Kids will watch some of those cartoons. We, we like those. But I was thinking about, oh, Snoopy. And Snoopy had a, a few bad days. Usually it's Charlie Brown having bad days. He had a bunch of them. Some of that was self-inflicted. Um, but Snoopy had some bad days. And how do we know that Snoopy was having a bad day, Hunter? You know? Don't remember. Well, if, if you recall... There would be sunny outside, right? Not like today, it would be sunny. But there would be a dark cloud over Snoopy and wherever he went, right? Remember, he went and he laid on top of his doghouse and then there's just a cloud. It's sunny everywhere else, but there's this cloud hanging over him and just raining on him. You ever experienced that in life? You ever had those days? Have you never had one of those days? If you've never had one of those days, Lord bless you, Right? But for most of us, we've had those days where it's like this dark cloud just following us. And it doesn't matter what you do. It's wrong, right? The, you know, it's one of those days where the lawnmower won't work. Your internet won't work. You know, your, truck, your battery's dead on your truck. Your dog growls at you. You know, your wife's mad at you and you don't know what for. You know, your kids are hateful and, you know, you just have all these things. It's just this cloud. You're just like, man, whew, nighttime can't come soon enough. We need to be able to go to sleep and tomorrow start afresh. I think we've all experienced that to some degree. Well, this, these two psalms uh, address that type of day, that type of issue. and We're going to put those together because as you look at Psalm 43, there's no heading there. And also this, the refrain in Psalm 42 is also found in Psalm 43. So many people put those together. We're going to put those together today as well. But a recent University of Phoenix survey finds that nearly one-third, 32% of Americans, have sought professional counseling. Now, 10 years ago, when this survey was done, the most common reason for people in the U.S. seeking out counseling was marriage problems. And the close second was depression. And third was parenting help. And that makes sense. I, I see that as well as a pastor. 
Well, today, I'm sure that the number one and number two is switched. Number one being depression. Number two being marriage, health, or trouble. And we all have moments of discouragement, don't we? Just like Snoopy with that cloud following us. I mean, we live in this sin-filled world, and we have, all of us have flesh, right? And to think and not to expect to be discouraged is really unrealistic. I mean, in fact, the main characters of the Bible had bad days, and they were discouraged. I mean, Jesus himself was sad at times, right? We all get down in the dumps. And for some of us, it's an inconvenience. It's just a bad day, and tomorrow you're going to wake up in a new day, right? The Lord's mercies are new every day, right? Great is thy faithfulness, right? You sing that song. But for some, it's, it's not just an inconvenience, but it's a, it's a debilitating roadblock. It's what St. John of the Cross called the dark night of the soul. So let's look at Psalm 42 and 43. And you see the beginning of 42, to the choir master, a mascal of the sons of Korah. Now, mascal is just a musical term. We're not exactly sure what it means. Some think it means a teaching song. But of the sons of Korah. Now, if you know about Korah, they were Levites. And they were descendants of one of Levi's three sons, Kohath. And if you remember the story, number 16, Kohath was one of the guys with Dathan and Abiram who rebelled against Moses and his authority in the desert as they're wandering on the way to the promised land. And if you don't remember that story, remember what I told you, Amy, a few, uh, a few weeks ago. If I say, if you remember that story and you don't, go back and read it. Okay, it's number 16. But what happened, they were grumbling against, against Moses, pretty much saying, well, who, who died and made you king? Why, do you have, why, why are you telling us what to do? Why are we following you anyway? And as a result, the ground opened up. Koath... Dathan and Abiram and all their families were swallowed up in the ground. The ground covered them up like up. Had an earthquake, so to speak. Now, Korah is a descendant of Koath, and his sons are here writing this psalm. And so, although their grandfather was rebellious against the Lord, Korah and his sons are faithful. And so here you have the sons of Korah writing this psalm. And we read the first one, Psalm 42, and we're going to read the second one as well. Uh, one thing when we read this, I want us to recognize the despair in the psalm, psalmist's voice and the things he's saying. Notice his despair. And when I say despair, I'm going to say despair and depression kind of go hand in hand. They're synonyms. So I'm going to use them interchangeably. Recognize despair and the root causes of it. Let's just, read, let's just read both these psalms real quickly together. I think it will help us. And I want you to notice, Chris, as we're reading through there, the, the causes or what caused this depression or this despair in these sons of Korah. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God. With glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you so downcast? Why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. 
My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and Hermon and Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. And at night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people from the deceitful and unjust man. Deliver me, for you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why are you down? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. So let's recognize the the, the despair in these sons of Korah and the root causes of it. Notice verse one of Psalm forty-two. This psalmist is longing for God, isn't he? As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. He's longing for the Lord. He recognizes God is what he needs, and we, we, his longing for the Lord is really applauded. That's the right attitude to have, isn't it, Blake? We should have that attitude as well. We sing that song, don't we? We didn't sing it this morning. As a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs for you, right? This is a praise song we, we've sang. We, we sing that as a confession of our desires, or at least what our desires should be. But this psalmist can't seem to experience God's presence, and, and this despair is creeping in. He can't experience God's presence. And this despair, this depression is, is like a, in our lives, it's like a, a warning light. You know, on your dash light, those warning lights that come up? Get these little red lights or yellow lights that flash. Maybe seeing your, now it's like your tires are deflated. And every cold morning, the light comes on, right? Or it's an oil light or a check engine light or uh, your, your car is overheating. What else do we have? Some, some little, I don't even know what it called. Mine comes up and it's like this, it's like a, a, a car going around a bunch of curves. I don't know what that, what, what is it, traction? Yeah, yeah. Do you know how to like reset that? Taylor, talk to me afterwards. I'm, I'm sick of it. In fact, my dad on his truck, he, he's, got a, he's got a piece of electrical tape over his because he gets tired of looking at it. It's like it's bright. He don't look at it. He puts, he puts some electrical tape over it. Yeah. But what <laughs> depression is like these warning lights, isn't it? And what happens sometimes, like my dad, you can drive your, your, your truck for you know, 100,000 miles with these lights on. But sometimes if you, if you drive your car with these lights on, what's going to happen? You're going to cause damage. You know, if there's the, the heat lights coming on, it's overheating, and you keep driving, what happens? Well, you're, you tear your motor up, your engine up, right? You better, you better pull over and figure out what's going on. And, and so that's sometimes when we have these times of despair and depression, we need to pull over and find out what's going on. And what, what is despair? What is depression Exactly. I think as believers, it's a crisis of faith when one senses the absence of God. Or we feel that God has abandoned us. It is a loss of hope. We always talk about the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, as long as we see the light at the end of the tunnel, there's hope. We know that this is just, it's just a fleeting moment. It's just a, a time. 
It's a difficult time, but we know that, that it's going to end. And there's a light at the end of the tunnel. But what if there's no light? If there's no hope. There's no hope of getting through the melancholy days, then life can be intolerable for us, can it? And really, as we look at these psalms and we look at these causes, these situations, circumstances in life don't cause depression, okay? So don't you misunderstand me. Our circumstances in life don't cause depression. Our responses, our unbiblical responses to these life situations is what causes depression and despair. We all go through hard times. I mean, to think that we go through life and not have difficulty, that's pretty naive, and it's not biblical. I mean, our Savior Jesus experienced difficulties. The disciples experienced difficulties. We're told to expect difficulties and, and be joyful, right, Chris, because of our difficulty, because God uses them, they're for our good and for God's glory. But this depression, this despair is an attitude where there's no hope. And it's a result of unbiblical reactions to our circumstances. So what causes this type of depression? And, and for some of us, we have to recognize some of us are more prone to this than others, right? Just like someone with a type A personality like myself, I'm more prone, Taylor, to sticking my foot in my mouth of talking too much and saying something stupid. I'm more prone to that. Well, there's some of us who we just have melancholy personalities, and we're more, we're more prone to being depressed or in despair than others. Some of us are just more jovial than others, and we don't struggle so much with these, with these um, conditions. But let's look at, the, look at the text. What causes this depression? It's the responses to the following circumstances. Look at verse 2. When shall I come and appear before God? There's a, there's a distance, right, from the house of God. Look at verse 6 as well. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon and from Mount Mazar. And these are places that are far from Jerusalem. So these sons of Korah, there appears to be they're away from Jerusalem. They can't go to the temple. And so there's, they're far from home. And I can... Relate to that. Sometimes you're far from home. You go away to college or you're on a trip for a business trip for work or you're stationed in another, another base, another place. You get transferred. You're away from home. Yeah, that can, that can cause us to be sad, to be homesick, can it? Look at verse 3 of 42. There's taunting unbelievers, aren't there? Sometimes other people are speaking into our lives and they're saying things that, that are not helpful. There's people saying to the psalmist, where is your God? Right. Look at verse 10 as well. My adversaries taunt me while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Look at 43 verse 1. Ungodly people who are deceitful and, and unjust yeah, they're saying, well, where's your God now, buddy? I thought you were supposed to be a, a godly man. I thought your God's supposed to help you and love you and take care of you. We don't seem to be doing a very good job. Yeah, sometimes that can cause difficulty, can it? Look at verse 4. Other things that can lead us to respond unbiblically. 
verse 4, look at what the psalmist is saying. How would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God and glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. What's the psalmist doing here? He's thinking back about how good things used to be. How, how good things used to be. Well, things used to be really good. Well, are you really, man, I used to be so close to the Lord. I used to just hear his voice. I used to be so obedient to the Lord. And now look at me. We see these, think about the past and how we used to draw near to the Lord and how the Lord used to use us, how we used to be used by the Lord. And now, look at me. Sometimes as we think about those victories and those spiritual mountaintops, those past thrills, if you will, it it can cause us to respond wrongly. Look at verse 7. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. This is these overwhelming trials of life. It's a picture here of chaos. It's like the, uh, a person being just overwhelmed by the waves of, of life, right? Being tossed around by what God has allowed in our lives. And instead of being refreshed and given life, we're, we're drowning. Jonah actually quotes this verse in Jonah 2, 3 when he's in the belly of the, the fish. So you have a lot of circumstances in life that are difficult. Look at verse 9 of 42. I say to my God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Yeah, God sometimes seems aloof in life, doesn't he? God, where are you? I don't hear your voice. I don't feel your presence in my life. I haven't heard you in a long time. Jesus, you remember Jesus in the garden before he, after he's betrayed, before he's arrested, he he prays, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we can, sometimes the Lord seems distant from us. Where are you, Lord? You're aloof, you seem far away. So this psalmist is having some difficulty, isn't he? Having trouble. And he, and he responds, and how does he respond? He responds, I think a lot of times he responds rightly. But, but other things in our lives, think about that can cause us to be in despair. Maybe guilt from sin. You ever feel overwhelmed with guilt because of your sin, your lack of obedience to the Lord? Yeah. And as a result, we have an unbiblical response to that that leads to despair. What about opposition? We've seen here opposition from others. You have people in your life that they don't encourage you to follow the Lord. For some of our students, they're the spiritual leaders in their home. Their parents don't, they don't care if they come to church or not. They don't have a lot of encouragement. We talked about silence from the Lord. Sometimes that can, that can cause us difficulty. A sin you just can't seem to overcome. A habit you just can't seem to overcome. A relationship you just can't fix. You've done everything you can and everything you know to do, and you just can't fix this relationship. It can cause us difficulty. What about a debt you can't pay? get overwhelmed with debt, and you, you just can't figure out how you're going to pay it? What an illness you can't overcome, a bad diagnosis. What about an illness that keeps you from doing things you used to do? Can that cause you some trouble? What about the death of a loved one that you will never see on this earth again? 
somebody that you love and care for. And sometimes we have physiological issues, right? A woman's cycle, menopause. There's physiological issues. Hormones can get, cause us some difficulty in life. And it's not that these circumstances cause despair or cause depression, but these circumstances cause us to respond unbiblically, which leads to despair. Because we have these troubles or just trouble. That's just life, right? But how we respond to those, how we think during those trials, that can lead us to despair. And what happens is we listen to others sometimes. We listen to the world. We listen to others. We listen to coworkers. We read magazines, books. We hear talk shows. And then we also listen to ourselves, don't we? And we say things that aren't true. And we believe ourselves. We see this in verse 3 and verse 9 and verse 10. This opposition. Where's your God now? Right? If you're so special, why, why doesn't the Lord help you? Where is your God? Where is your God? Right? See, pain is Satan's opportunity to cast doubt about God's goodness. So we go through hard times. The enemy wants us to doubt the goodness of the Lord. He doesn't want us to think about, you know, the, the, the struggles I'm going through and the pain I'm going through is actually for my good. And I can't understand that. But everything that we go through, because God is sovereign, he's sovereign over all things, even the intricate details of our lives, every one of those things God is using, Romans 8, 28, right? All things work together for the good of those who love him, who's been called according to his purpose, Right? All those things are, are being used for our good. It's, it's, it's blessing us, even though it's difficult. And it's for His glory. But the enemy doesn't want you to think about that. And then what do we do? We, we turn inward. We listen to opposition, and we listen to ourselves. And then when, when things don't go well, what do we start saying? Well, here I am sacrificing. Trying to live, I'm trying to live right, and the Lord's not helping me. I might as well just give up. I can't, get, I can't overcome this thing. I, I keep doing the same old thing over and over again. I just can't give up. For, forget it. I can't overcome this thing. Lost cause. So we hear from opposition, lies, things that aren't true, but then we tell ourselves the same thing. This isn't worth it. I don't think it's worth it. We lie to ourselves and we believe ourselves, right? It happens. It happens to all of us. Some of us more often than, than others. So what happens when we respond unbiiblically to difficult circumstances in life? Some of us, most of the things we, we struggle with are just regular, mundane, routine difficulties that every human being goes through. Some of us have... More difficult situations to have to deal with. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's health. Maybe it's a sin problem. Maybe it's so. What do we do? First thing we have to do is think biblically about our problems and remind ourselves of truth. Right? The psalmist is hearing opposition from himself, from outside. Second Corinthians four seven through ten. 
We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted. That's true, isn't it? We're afflicted. Weston, you're afflicted because you're a human being. You live in a sin-filled world. We're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not given to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifest in our bodies. So what are we? We are crushed and we are perplexed. We are persecuted. We are struck down. And dealing with your emotions, dealing with our circumstances, kind of like flying. A lot of you fly, right, for, for work or whatnot. Some of you had to fly this week for work and you just flew home. But you have these turbulence in life, and they're just normal, aren't they? If you've driven, I mean, you've flown a lot. You, know, you have turbulence and you're just kind of doing this sometimes, just every now and again, just kind of like this. And for people that had not flown... Right? They, they don't, they're, you know, heads on the swivel. They don't know what's going on. But if you phone a lot, yeah, it's just, it's just part of the deal. But all of a sudden, if you do a nosedive, now that's different, right? Yeah. But just, we need to be self-aware. We need to know how we handle these difficulties in life. And we just have bumps, turbulence. But then there comes a point maybe where we, we, we st- we're in a nosedive. It's like, man, I'm just, I'm in this despair and I can't seem to get out, right? I, I, I can't get out of this thing. So there's common things and there's things that are more, more intense. We need to be able to deal with that despair. So what do we do? How do we deal with it? Because a consistently depressed Christian is, a, is not very good advertisement for the, the Lord and his mercy and his salvation. See, we, we, we have difficult times, like Snoopy would have those days, right? But tomorrow, mercies are new every day. Tomorrow's a new day. We can start afresh. And, but for some of us, we get in this depressed mode. And what it does, we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. We don't have any hope. And what what it does is is we do less. Well, I know there's things that I should do. These are things that I should do. These are things that the Lord wants me to do. These are things that just a responsible person does. As a Christian, this is what I should do. I should I should read the scriptures. I should draw near to the Lord. I should have prayer time. I should share the gospel. I should be in church. I should be around other believers. But what happens is you get more and more in despair. You begin to do less and less, and you're hearing opposition. Sometimes you're, you're, you're speaking it yourself. What's it gonna, it's not even going to help anyway. I can't overcome this sin. I keep blowing and I keep disappointing the Lord. I disappoint the church. Why even go to church? Why even do this? Why even do that? Well, you know, I'm studying the Scriptures, but I can't even understand them. Why, why bother? I'm drawing near to the Lord, but I can't hear the Lord's voice. He's not doing anything in my life. I just... It doesn't help. And that's what we do. But how do we fight against that? And what happens, you get in a cycle, right? We get in a cycle where things become worse and worse. We do less and less. And so what that does is that just exacerbates the problem. And it just adds to it. It's just a cycle. And before you know it, you're doing less and less until you get to the end. You're just not doing anything. And so some of us probably at that point now. Well, yeah, I don't read the scriptures. I, I come to church seldom. But it's just kind of here and there. I don't draw near the I don't pray. You know, I don't study at all. You just kind of like, eh, 
just in, in, a, in a funk, in a time of despair. What do we do? What do we, how do we get out of that? How do we respond? Well, we think biblically about our problems. Habakkuk, chapter 3. You got that one, Caleb? Turn to Habakkuk. That's okay. Turn to Habakkuk in, your, in the Scriptures. Habakkuk 3. Habakkuk's a minor prophet. Page 935 in the Pew Bible there. Verse 17. Check this out. Though the fig tree should not block. Now, they're in an agrarian society, right? So they, they eat if, they, if, they, if their crops produce, right? Though the fig tree should not blossom nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut out from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. So Habakkuk is saying, you know, things go bad. We, we're, in a, we're having a difficult time. We can respond biblically, rightly, right? Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. We see this in the, in, the, in the 2 Corinthians passage as well. Can you put that one back up, Caleb? 2 Corinthians passage where Paul, he says, we're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifest in our body. So what do we do about our despair and our circumstances we think biblically about them we remind ourselves of truth we can be having a hard time and you know what we can yet praise the lord we need to focus on objective realities instead of subjective perceptions of reality notice what the psalmist does look in verse 5 back to psalm 42 what does he do He's having all this, these difficulties, having opposition, right? He's struggling within himself. He's struggling here in the opposition. And then what does he say? He says, why, why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Again, in verse 11, why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And at the end of 43, why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. So how does the psalmist deal with his despair and he's in this funk and he's got the, the cloud and it's raining on top of him and his life circumstances aren't what he really wants them to be. So what does he do? He preaches to himself. He, re, he rebukes himself out of this depression. He rebukes himself out of this time of despair. Martin Lloyd-Jones, he says this, the main art in the matter of spiritual living is to know how to handle yourself. We need to be self-aware, right? Some of us are real prone to these things. Question yourself and preach to yourself. You must remind yourself of who God is and what God has done and what God has promised to do. Look at, look at Psalm 43, verse 3. He says, he just said, I go about mourning, right? But then he says in verse 3, send out your light and your truth. What's, what's God's light and truth? the scriptures right 
Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. He doesn't, he's, he's, he's far away. He hasn't experienced the presence of the Lord. He says, send out your light. Remind me of your truth. Bring your truth to my remembrance so I can remember who you are and what you've done for me. What you promised to do. Here at our church, we want to teach and preach the scriptures. We, we talk about that all the time. We want to preach in our small groups. We want to teach the Bible. And when we sing songs, we want to sing true songs to the Lord. We need to remind ourselves of truth. Preach to ourselves. And we need to remind each other of truth. I put one of the resources I put in the, in the worship guide is this small little book. It's the gospel Primer, and it's by Milton Vincent, and it's so helpful. It talks about just preaching the gospel to ourselves. We need to do that. We need to remind ourselves of who God is and what he's done for us and what he's going to do. Because sometimes in life, because of life's difficulties, illness, loss, financial trouble, kids not obeying, marriage problems, failure in whatever area of life, that, that light at the end of the tunnel gets smaller and smaller and smaller, right? And so what do we need to do? We need to remind ourselves, Philippians 1.6, the work that God began in me, he's not going to abandon me. He's going to complete it. 1 Corinthians 10.13, the trouble that we have, you know what? It's common to man. We don't have any problem that's not common to anybody else. And you know what God's going to do? He's faithful. He's going to provide a way out. He's not going to allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. You know what? When you, when you start saying those scriptures to yourself, what happens? The light in the tunnel, that light gets bigger and bigger and bigger, right? So what happens in life sometimes, that light at the end of the tunnel, man, is just so small, David. It gets so small. We're like, man, I'm almost in despair. I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I want to go on or not. Ugh, I just want to give up. But as we... we preach to ourselves and we remind ourselves of God's promises, that light in the tunnel gets, gets bigger and brighter. And the weight, the weight, the weight gets lighter, right? Yeah. And that's what he does. That's what the psalmist does. He said, send your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Preach the gospel to ourselves. Yeah. And that's the key. Being reminded of the truths promises that he's given us. So we need to think biblically about our problems, remind ourselves of the truth, remind one another of the truth. And, and lastly, it's, just, it's real simple. God our, himself is our, is our hope. You remember John 6 when um, John is recording these words, Jesus had fed the 5,000. So, so many people were coming following Jesus because they wanted bread to eat. They wanted him to do some tricks, right? But he began to do some, teach them some difficult things, and, and so many of them just abandoned, abandoned Jesus, John 6, 66. And he looks at Peter, and he says, you don't want to leave too, do you? And you remember Peter's response? What was Peter's response? Yeah. Jesus, where are we going to go? You, you're the only one that can provide eternal life. You're the one that has the words of eternal life. Where am I going? So where's our hope? Our hope's in God. And not in what God can do for us, but it's in God and himself. That's our hope. 
What's our hope? Our hope's God. God's our hope. He says it time and time again. Psalm 42, verse 5, God is his salvation. 42, 9, he is his rock. 43, 2, he is his refuge. 43, 4, he is his exceeding joy. And even though the psalmist is, is, is having difficulty, he keeps coming back to God. And he preaches to himself, hope in God, hope in God, hope in God. Where are you going to go? Christian, where are you going to go when times get difficult and you have trouble in your marriage or an illness or a loss of a loved one or you gotta, you're in debt and you can't get out? Where are you going to go? God, right? God is our salvation. He is our rock. He is our refuge. He is our exceeding joy. So application, what do we do with this, these two psalms? And we, we said with the psalms by way of application, this is how we're handling it. We're doing head, heart, and hands is really what we're doing. So the application is how does this psalm inform our minds, our head? How does it affect our head? Well, I think the first thing is difficulties will arise, right? We'll be afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Yeah, difficulties are going to come in life. And know that your difficulties, as hard as they may be, the truth is that your difficulties are for your good and for my good. It's for our good. Believe it or not, it's for our good. Second thing is, don't listen to yourself when you're speaking things that aren't true. Don't listen to opposition. Don't listen to yourself. Because you'll talk yourself into giving up. You'll talk yourself into doing something that, that dis- displeases the Lord. And oftentimes our feelings are wrong. Oftentimes our feelings are wrong. Well, I don't feel like, I don't feel like, I don't feel like. Rick, think about this week how many times you did something that you didn't feel like doing. It's like often. I don't feel like going to work. You went to work, right? I don't feel like saying I'm sorry. You say I'm sorry. I don't feel like reading the scriptures. Read the scriptures. Yeah, our feelings oftentimes aren't right. If you're just led along by your feelings, you're going to be in trouble quickly. Feelings aren't, aren't truth, right? So how does this inform our minds? The second question is, how does this stir our hearts? What about our hearts? And just real quickly with this, even when I'm struggling in despair, even when I'm struggling in life, and I'm the Snoopy with the cloud over me, raining over me, Haley, I have something to hope in because I'm a believer in Jesus. Because I've been redeemed, I have something to hope in. And that stirs my heart. Yeah, there seems to, that, that light at the end of the tunnel, man, it goes dim sometimes. But you know what? I, have, I always have hope because I, I know the Lord. I have something to hope in. And even my despair has a purpose. Even my difficulties, Braden, in life, they, there's a purpose in it. Yeah, so that stirs my heart. And, and lastly, How can this psalm rightly applied transform our habits? That's the hands part. What do I do, right? Or for the lost, if you're not a believer, God for you is not your salvation. God is not your rock. He's not your refuge. He's not your exceeding joy. 
And so, of course, as always, the application for you is to repent and believe. God wants to be your rock. He wants to be your salvation. He wants to be your exceeding joy. But that can't happen unless you repent. You turn from your sin and living for yourself and following your feelings all the time and turning from that and trusting Christ's work on the cross as your own. Jesus, he came and he took on flesh and he walked this earth and he obeyed the scriptures for us and he died a death for us. He rose on the third day after he was buried so we could be justified. The Bible says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just. He'll forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You have to repent. You have to trust Christ's work on the cross as your own. Believing that he died for you, believing that he rose on the dead so you could be justified. So application for you is to repent and trust Christ. If you don't really understand that or you've got questions about that, I would love to talk to you today. For the believer... We need to preach truth to ourselves. One way we do that is by memorizing scriptures. That passage first, that 2 Corinthians 4 passage, we're afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. Well, that's a great passage to memorize. So we do not lose heart, verse 16 through 18. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? That's a good one. Yeah, memorize scripture. Here's a good one for you. Romans 8, 18, 31 and 32. I reckon that the sufferings of this world are not even worthy to be compared to the glory that is to be revealed to us. That's a good one, isn't it? Paul, he suffered a lot. Said the suffering of this world, no comparison to what we have coming. The suffering, I can, I can endure it. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Well, that's therapy right there for your soul. Memorize the scripture. Preach to ourselves. By memorizing scripture, truths of scripture. I th- all the time, Philippians 1, 6, I, I bring, come back to that all the time. The work he began in me, he's not going to give up. He's going to continue it. He's going to finish it. I'm going to be like Jesus one day, Morgan. One day I'm going to be like Christ. For some of you, for some of us, we're, we're at a place right now where We've been followed by, we're a believer, we love Jesus, but we just, we're in a funk and we're kind of just, we're not doing anything because we don't feel like it. Well, this is what you do. Starting today, whatever you know you should do, you do it whether you feel like it or not. And at first, it's like mechanical. It's like reading the Bible. Like, well, you know, I really don't want to read the Bible and I'm not really not getting anything out of it. So I don't even, I don't want to just go through the motions. No, wrong. Listen to me. Go through the motions. I'm a pastor. I study the Bible all the time, preparing for teaching, preparing for this, preparing for that. And, but in my own time in the, in the morning, you know what? There's times where I don't want to study. I'd rather do something else. I'd rather look. I don't have cable. I love football. And I don't have cable. And so what I want to do is I want to get online and I want to check out the football score. And read about Tennessee and how they finally whooped somebody. 
I do that in the mornings. I'm so, I just, man, there's so many things I want to do. Because there's times where I'm like, man, Daniel, I don't want to read. Because I want to do something else. But when I'm telling you, if you're at that point and you're like, man, I'm just, I'm just led by my feelings. I'm not doing anything for the Lord. Then just starting today, just do what you know you should do. Like reading your Bible. Just do it whether it's mechanical and going through the motions or not. Because what happens, just keep doing it, keep doing it. And what happens is those feelings will change in time. Draw near the Lord in prayer. I don't, Lord, I, just, I, don't, I don't hear your voice. I don't, I'm not experiencing your presence. I'm just, it's like I'm, you know, my prayers aren't getting higher than the ceiling and I'm, I'm just not hearing from you. It gets kind of mechanical, but just keep doing that. Keep drawing near to the Lord. Keep drawing near to the Lord. And the feelings will come. But some of us, we just have to do what we know we should do. Not listen to our, our own voice and doing what our feelings most of the time, my feelings are wrong. Maybe you're godlier than me, and that's not the case for you, but I, I would say your feelings are probably wrong, too, a lot of times. Yeah. Jesus says, take up your cross daily, right? Follow me. I mean, that's, that's hard, right? Following Jesus is hard. But the Lord does give us those desires and does give us grace. Encourage you, for some of you, get in a routine in life. You know people who suffer from depression? Usually, Uncle Ronnie, they're not the people that like work in factories where there's like assembly line work and their life is real. They have to clock in, clock out, clock in, clock out. They have a quote every day. They have to, on the assembly line. Those people, they don't suffer from depression near as much as other people. Other people being people who don't have that routine. Like people like Jim. Jim, he's a, he's a business owner. You know, he, 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 he does what his schedule, he plans his schedule and does just what he wants to do. Unless Beth's telling him to do something else, right? But he's got his own schedule. And so, people, and for me, right, I have my own schedule. I'm here every day, but I kind of have my own schedule. I decide, folks like us, we're more prone to depression. Do you know that? Because there's not this structure. You have, to, you have to make your own decisions. You have to be kind of self-motivated a little bit. You got to be self-motivated. And it can be difficult, can it, Jim? There's times it's raining like this. You think you want to go out there when it's cold? Put on an aluminum siding, you know? No. You have to be self-motivated. But it's real interesting, folks who, who have that lackadaisical schedule, it's not real structured, they, they tend to be more prone to, to despair because they don't have that schedule, regimented schedule. So for you, if you're kind of prone to that, have a schedule. Get up same time every day. Have certain things you do every day, right? With reading the scriptures and studying them. Have a time you do that every day, structure, schedule. You're, you're fixing to do experiencing God, Ron. The great thing about it, the Lord used that in my life when I was in college because I did it the same time every day for like six weeks. And that's where the Lord captured my heart, man. I began to have a, a, an intimacy with him and a, a fellowship with him. And, and I, I felt his presence and heard his voice because I was just, it was consistent. Having that consistent time. So that's application for us. If you're kind of prone to that melancholy, despair, kind of gloom and doom attitude, have some structure in your life. And if you don't, you don't really have that, you need some accountability, that's what the church is for. That's why we have small groups. If you need help with that, come, come talk to me. I'll help you with a schedule, a little routine. I'll call you. 
5.30 in the morning, if you need me to. We do that, right? Yeah. Laura Lee's up. 4.35, she'll call you. Wake up, study the Word. Yeah, if you, that's what you need. That's what we do as a church. So that's another application for you. Preach, preach truth to ourselves. We need to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. I was um, in seminary, and toward the end of my seminary, I, th- I thought I'd learned a lot, and I had. And I'm in this man's class. His name's Tom Schreiner. He's the, one of the godliest, sharpest biblical scholars I know. And we're going to chapel. We had chapel two times a week. And he said, boys, he didn't say boys. He wouldn't say that. He's, he'd say, gentlemen, are we going to chapel today? I had to go to work. I worked that day. He's like, raise your hand if you're going to chapel. There was just a couple people raised their hand. He said, gentlemen, do you think I'm going to learn something today or hear something today I've never heard before? And he's a world-renowned scholar. We, we all read the books that he writes, right? He writes commentaries and we read them. He said, gentlemen, do you think I'm going to hear something or learn something new today? No, probably not. He said, but boys, I need to hear the gospel today. I need to hear the gospel. And that's true. We need to hear the gospel every day. We need to preach it to ourselves every day. Yeah, be reminded of the gospel and what the Lord's done for us and the hope that we have. Right? We need to preach the gospel to ourselves. And I put that resource in there for you, that that gospel primer, that's Milton Vincent. It's a great book, great tool. If you're a believer, if you're a small group leader, you need to get that book and, uh, and read it. I think it'll be helpful. That's it. That's what we have today. If you're lost, repent and believe because God's not the God of your salvation. If you're saved, you're in despair, you struggle. We all do at times, right? We gotta, what's, the, what's the remedy? Biblical truth. Preach truth to ourselves. Help each other with it. Point it out to us. You know, you're, you're struggling with this problem, but you know what? God promises this for you. Why so downcast, oh, my soul? Put your hope in God, right? He's our hope. Thank you for tuning in today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast if this message has been helpful to you. Again, if you have any questions, go to our website for our contact information, and we'll see you next time.